0: We praise Jesus together, don't we? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus, our healer. Jesus, our savior. Jesus, our redeemer. Jesus, our forgiver. Our peace. Our victory. Our wholeness. He fills in that hole that we search and search and search and search for. He's the answer. I was just sharing a testimony earlier um, with um, Chris... um, Carlson is here. She does a small group. She'll be in here in a minute with the group that she's meeting with before our before our healing meeting. And I was sharing with her a testimony of this woman who I was connected with across the ocean. She lives in the UK and she was um, diagnosed with a very, very grave um, level of breast cancer. It had metastasized into the fluid around her heart. She was healed. Praise you, Jesus. She's healed. She's healed today. She's completely healed. But this is the part of the story I want to share. She wrote a book after she was healed. She was just healed within the last year. And since then, she's wrote an autobiography. She sent me the manuscript before she had it published because I was very honored to be able to endorse, to write an endorsement for her book. And of course, I wanted to read the book before I endorsed the book. So I was able to read her autobiography. This woman, I don't know how old she is, but I'm guessing she's probably in her 50s. She had been seeking something that was missing her whole life. And her autobiography, I was just kind of saddened to tell you the truth. Because she had lived this whole life of searching and searching and searching for something to be filled. She had this this yearning, this need, but she didn't know what she was searching for. So in her autobiography, it talks about her going all over the world. All over the world. And she was seeking God in so many wrong places. She, was, she tried Hinduism. She tried Buddhism. She tried New Age. She tried religious stuff. She tried meditation. She tried um, cultic things or occultic things. When she was diagnosed with this breast cancer, God ordained a connection between her in the UK and our website. And she started to hear about Jesus the healer. She started to feed and fuel her heart with the word, with the promises. We're going to talk about his promises today. And we're going to talk about his faithfulness to his promises today. And she started to feed and fuel on that. After she started to learn truth, then she went looking for people that lived in the United Kingdom with her that believed in Jesus the healer. And she found an awesome group that was a believing group that, that was um, bold to lay hands on her and pray and believe with her. She's miraculously healed. The cancer that was around her lungs and around her heart, gone. The cancer in her breasts, gone. She is completely and absolutely and totally healed. But even better, she found Jesus. And that thing that was missing, that 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 part of her soul that was yearning to be filled and she couldn't fill it with anything else, she now has Jesus. She's now fulfilled. So it's just oh, I just get so excited when I hear stories like that. So, we're going to start with another testimony that's. uh, We've got a live person that's going to share. Lisa, come on up here. I want to introduce you first. And then we're going to share her testimony before I I share uh, awesome teaching that God has for you for tonight. Lisa has been my friend for a long time. Uh, You all know I talk about our Monday night group, and I talk, you know, and I shared a lot about our ministry on Monday. Well, Lisa's been part of our ministry team there for many years. And um, about two or three weeks ago, she and I were talking, and she said, I would love to come on Tuesdays and to join in this healing group as well. So she's going to be kind of going back and forth between both of our Monday night ministry and our Tuesday ministry. And Pastor Tim and I have talked, and we are warmly welcoming Lisa as part of our ministry team here on Tuesday nights. So this is Lisa. She has a phenomenal testimony, and that's what I want her to share with us now. So we're going to kind of do the interview thing, Lisa. I already know your story, so I know what questions to ask. So my first question that I want you to tell them is, um, mm, let's start with just what the diagnosis was and when you were diagnosed, what it was, and how severe it was. It
1: was um, September 23rd on a Wednesday night, around (laughs) 4.30. I uh, had a grand mal seizure in front of my family, but um, they diagnosed me with a glioblastoma Seven years ago, last month, so for, in, in September, um, and well, the first hospital said they wouldn't even operate on me because it was twenty-five percent of the size of my brain. But at that point, I already knew God's healing, so I didn't even worry. But um, but the doctor who did take my case, he said
0: it was around a three a three point five, so so I don't know if you caught what she just said but when that that tumor they found in her brain it was one fourth the size of her brain and they the first doctor didn't even want to operate they basically sent her home to get her her life in order this was seven years ago but the thing about Lisa and this is what I'm going to have her share a little bit about now is that she already knew the promise she knew the faithfulness of God and Lisa, what I want you to share with them is during that season um, of when you were in the process of healing, during that season, what, where was your faith? What were you doing? You know, just that, that piece of it.
1: I had already known, like Cindy had said, um, I started going to Life Christian um, probably about three years prior to that. And uh, and God had already started dealing with me about healing and different people in my family, and He showed me different um, things of healing. And so, by the time it happened for me, um, I just knew. I, it didn't even matter what the doctor said. I just said, "When um, I said, God, if if a five-year-old boy operates on me, I know that I'm going to be totally fine." I had that supernatural faith that just knew. And I have three sisters, and each one of them took a different part. The one, um, you know, did uh, uh, communications to everybody, and the other one took care of my children, and the other one just had a baby herself two days before my surgery, and uh, and so she was able to to take me. But I never, when as soon as the, the doctor came in, he was the top 16 of the nation. And I, before he even said a word, I just said, you know, I'm sure you're really good at what you do. I said, but this is not staying in there. Uh, You know, I said, I'm a believer, and I know that God has other plans for me. I know what his word says. And so he... um, I mean, all of that was a miracle, and he only does it one day a week, and he already had his already his Mondays were already filled up, and uh, and I just had prayed I just under my breath. I just said, "Okay, Lord, whatever." Your best is for me. Well, he ended up taking me, like, the following Monday. Uh, and he already had people. And he took me the following Monday and did the surgery. And he, he told my family that my faith so inspired him that his whole staff, like, they just... He said, I just looked at it. He'd been doing it for over 30 years. And he, and he told me that after he did it, he said that it looked to have been in there for 5 to 10 years already. And so um, I just didn't... I didn't read any, because my husband, his faith is not where mine was. And he asked me, please, because <laughs> him and my kids had had seen the seizure. And uh, and so my daughter went, my youngest went and grabbed my Bible as I was having the seizure. Um, and, you know, I, I just honored that. He said, can you please just do what they're asking you to do? Even though I knew, I said, God, I'm already healed, so... I know that I'm fine, but um, so I went through the radiation and the chemo. But I never, ever looked at the. Even when he sat down next to me, when the doctor sat down, he says he put his hand on my lap and he said, "Did you see the MRI?" I said, "No." I said, "Everyone else has seen it. I don't need to see that." I said, "I just I know what his word says," and um, and so I just I never read the side effects because I didn't want to own them for myself, and I um, I just went through and we had scripture verses all over the house so i just kept focused on that all the time every day and just
0: so i had already been healed before she was diagnosed and she went to my church so when she was diagnosed the first thing i wanted to do was minister right so i wanted to go and just encourage and lay hands on her and pray but that's not what happened because when i went to lisa She ministered to me. She's the one that's diagnosed with stage 4 glioblastoma, or I don't know what stage it was, but a big one. (laughs) A big tumor in her brain. She was just... Her faith in God was so strong. There was no other answer. There was no other end of the story other than healed and made whole. She... And I've seen this in Lisa over the last seven years since she's been healed. If there's ever anything that's attacking her, and she has had counterattacks, if there's anything that's attacking her, it has to bow to the name of Jesus. Now, she will ask for prayer of agreement, but it has to bow to the name of Jesus. Jesus is Lord. She puts her heart, her faith, her eyes on Jesus. The word surrounds her. The word is in her. She feeds faith. She starves unbelief or doubt or or symptoms or anything like that. She won't feed it, but she feeds faith. So she did go through all the treatment. She went through the surgery, the radiation, the chemotherapy. The doctor said, no hope. This woman has been completely healed, completely whole ever since that season of her life. And she has such a testimony to to speak of the faithfulness of God and the promises, and that God is a God of his word. Now, I want one more piece of her testimony that I want to share, and then she may want to share some more. But one of the things that they told her is that where they did the radiation on her head, she would never have hair there. Would you look at that lady's hair? (laughs) Have you ever seen more beautiful hair in your life? Is there anything else you wanted to share?
1: Well, I even wanted
0: to say that they actually...
1: My radiation ladies didn't tell me that. They told my sisters to tell me that because I had really long, beautiful hair. And uh, and they and I just said, all right. My sister came over and she was like, um, they said that you're not going to have hair barely in that area. And I said, all right. And I just went home again. And I just said, okay, Lord, I know that I'm entitled to double. I said, but I already have a lot of hair, so I just want back what I had. And people still, after seven years, they come up to me and say, look at your hair. I, you know, every step of the way, every part of it, so many miracles have happened. I mean, where I can't even, I'm actually writing a book right now on it, but um, just how God, if this is what his word says, if his word says I'm healed, then it doesn't matter. I've had counterattacks where they, the thing that happened for me was the day that um, that I ended up having the seizure, uh, that morning I always had a, a prayer prayer partner that i prayed with every morning and i remember that my mind was going blank that i couldn't really think about i just sat there and with a completely blank mind well since then i have that happened and uh and it was i was getting nauseous again my mind was starting to go blank and it's been almost seven years it was about six and a half years and uh And so, you know, obviously, if I have like a bump or something or things happen all the time, I'm constantly speaking against things. Um, But that is huge because you have to have a sound mind. And so I just, God had given me a scripture uh, because I had asked him, because there's so many people around me that it comes back again after three years, after five years, after seven years. And I said, Lord, I know what your word says. I said, just, I just need a scripture verse. And he instantly gave me Psalm 91, verse 7. A thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. So after going through this attack for hours, and I I just made it home, I couldn't, my husband tried calling me, I couldn't talk to him, I had to drive my daughter home from the store, and I was just praying and praying and praying, and like trying not to lose my mind really and I just got home and I, I had to really think about uh, for my daughter because I couldn't talk I couldn't say anything to her and I just I just kept thinking okay I said just I, I, I just need a minute I'm shaking for this for three hours my stomach is hurting I need to throw up I mean it was a big deal and my husband came home and I just said I just I just need a minute so I finally after about three hours I went into the bathroom and the scripture verse came to my mind, Psalm 91, verse 7, and the moment that I started confessing it, everything went away, and I was totally better. It's like, your word says this. That's what your word said. That's what you gave me. That's what you gave me, and so, mm, Jesus, mm. and it's been a love affair ever since,
0: <laughs> Amen. Amen. and if you, and you will have a chance to talk to Lisa, and For her to pray with you and encourage you and speak into you. Because she's going to be, whenever she's here, she's part of our team. So you will have the opportunity to talk to her. But what you will hear from her every time you talk to her is, God loves you. It's all about his love. It's all about him. It's all about his grace. It's not about her being a superstar. It's all about him. So... We just praise God with you, Lisa. We praise God with you, and we're so glad that you're here with us. Amen. 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 So tonight, I'm teaching on his faithfulness. And Lisa, your testimony is a perfect picture of of your faith being steadfast upon his faithfulness. That's why we have faith, is because of the faithfulness of God. So over the last month or six weeks, we, Pastor Tim and I have been um, led by God, led by the Holy Spirit to talk about the goodness of God. When we declare God's goodness, he can't help but show up. <laughs> when we declare his faithfulness, his love, and all of the amazing characteristics about him. It just, it, it prepares the environment for us to receive who he is right here. For, for us to encounter him right here and right now. So, how many of you have been here over the last month or six weeks? At least a couple of the weeks. A lot of you have. So, you've, you know what we're talking about. We have just experienced this, this awesome... Oh, Amazing uh, presence of God and anointing of God. And we're, Pastor Tim and I have talked a little bit, and we're going to be, thank you, Dale, we're going to be continuing just sharing about facets of the goodness of God over the next few weeks. Tonight I'm going to be talking about his faithfulness. God is faithful. So, Psalm 100, verse 5. This is a scripture that I'm going to be sharing every, every time we come together. Psalm 100, verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. He's good. His unfailing love lasts forever. Forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Goodness, love, and faithfulness. What I want to start with today is to talk about what that faithfulness is. Faithfulness is who he is. We talked about that a couple weeks ago with God's goodness. It's not a characteristic that that is outside of God. It's inside of him. It's not a characteristic that changes based on our behavior, or based on our belief. Faithfulness is the same way. God's faithfulness is who he is. It's his intrinsic, his internal makeup. So what I would like to do is I would like to share a couple of um, definitions. And these are from the Bible. These are from the concordance in the Bible. There are two words that I found um, about the faithfulness of God. And one is faithful and one is faithfulness. And then they're translated into the Greek language or translated from the Greek language. But the first one, faithful, is an adjective. An adjective, for those of us who've forgotten grammar from many years ago, an adjective is a word that describes a noun. And a noun is a person, a place, or a thing. So the word faithful is a descriptor word. And we're talking about God being faithful. So we're talking about a a word, faithful, faithful that describes God here are some of the the meanings of the word faithful faithful means worthy of trust faithful means he can be relied on it means a faithful God is one who shows himself faithful to his word when he speaks when he gives us a word he is faithful to that word the word that God speaks to us is accurate it's incorruptible and it cannot be perverted when God speaks his word he is faithful to that word the second word that describes this 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 um, aspect of our amazing good God is faithfulness, and when you put ness at the end of the word, it changes the word into a noun. And a noun is a person, a place, or a thing. Faithfulness is describing the the state of being of our God. The state he is faithful. It is a state of his being. Faithfulness means, these are some of the words that were in the concordance. It means firmness, fidelity, steadfastness, and steadiness. It's a state of being. It's who he is. I'm going to share two um, scriptures now that are just a picture of his faithfulness. So the first one is from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. So in that in the context of that scripture it's talking about never ending New and fresh each morning. And that um, it is great. Great. His faithfulness is great. Faithful is who he is. The next scripture, Psalm 89 verse 8. I love this one. I love them all. I had so many scriptures. I pared this teaching down about half. And you can see there's about 20 scriptures here. But there's so many scriptures about his faithfulness. I had to just say, okay, God, which ones do you want me to use? So Psalm 89.8, listen to this. O Lord, God of hosts, who is like you, O mighty Lord? Your faithfulness surrounds you as an intrinsic, unchangeable part of your very being. That's who he is. His faithfulness is an intrinsic, unchangeable part of his very being. He is faithful. He is worthy of trust. He can be relied on. His word is accurate, incorruptible, and cannot be perverted. So what I'm going to be sharing tonight are several aspects of his faithfulness. And I'm going to show you how that faithfulness affects you in your everyday life. It affects me in our everyday life. If we know it, and if we rely on it. There's a scripture in Hosea that says people perish from lack of knowledge but the opposite's also true we are built up, we are restored with knowledge and tonight my heart is that you will come to know what it means when we say God is faithful and what it means for you in your life so here's the first awesome nugget God is faithful to his word he's faithful to his promises 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9 God is faithful. He is reliable, trustworthy, and ever true to his promise. He can be depended on. And through him you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's faithful. He's reliable and trustworthy and ever true to his promise. That's why my friend Lisa knew when that doctor gave her a death sentence, she said, oh no, this is what the word says. This is what his promise says. And he's dependable, and he's trustworthy. This is what I rely on. This is truth. And yes, doctors, I respect you. And yes, medical people, you are uh, you've got a compassionate heart or you wouldn't have went into medicine. Yes. But my God's word is faithful. And I believe with all my heart that His word is accurate, true, and cannot be perverted so she found a promise and I have seen Lisa over the years and as she spends time with us in our group she'll have the opportunity to share more because she's got tons of testimonies but with every instance one of the first things she does is she goes to God and asks him for a word for a promise to stand on and he gives her the word and then she has the promise and she knows he's faithful to his promise so then she just stands on it steadfast the next scripture that I want to share with you is 1 Corinthians 120. For as many as are the promises of God in Christ they are all answered yes. So through him we say our amen to the glory of God. I love this scripture so much that it's the title of my Bible study. God says yes, we say amen. He heals today. That's where the title came from. Now let me let me explain a little bit. In the word, our promises. In the word, our promises. The promises. Some of them are Old Testament prophetic promises, but Jesus fulfilled those promises through His death, burial, and resurrection. Healing is one of the promises. It was given to us prophetically in the Old Testament. Numerous places. One of them is Isaiah 54. That says, um, surely he has borne our sickness and carried our pain. The chastisement or the penalty for our peace, for our wholeness was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. That was prophetic. Jesus fulfilled that promise when he walked on this earth. He fulfilled it. So the scripture says, this, the scripture from Corinthians says, all of these promises that are in the word are answered through Christ. And the answer is yes. God says yes to his promises. Then our part is to respond amen. The word amen means so be it. The word amen means I agree with you, God when we know his promise when we know that he is faithful to his word that he's dependable that he can be relied on that he can be trusted when we know he's faithful to his word we have a promise we do what Lisa did we say amen okay God I believe you at your word so let it be done unto me according to your word and your word says by the stripes of Jesus I was healed your word says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he healed everybody in the Gospels, everybody that came to him. So I trust in your word, God, and I receive it. Now, I want to I expose a, a, a lie that I hear in the world very often. And this is what it sounds like. People say that when you seek God for something like healing... Or when you pray, and I'm going I'm to um, clarify this in just a minute. So don't freak out on me until I clarify it. But people pray, and then they say that the, God always answers. But sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's wait. Have you heard that before? Okay, now this, now this is the lie I want to expose. If there's a promise in the word for what it is that you're praying for... And believing God for. If there's a promise, the answer is never no. God says in 1 Corinthians 20, For as many as are the promises of God, in Christ they are all answered yes. The answer is not no. God has promises and promises and more promises of healing in the Bible. So his answer isn't no, I am not going to heal you. Or no, you don't deserve healing. Or no, this isn't for you. Or no, it's for Lisa, but not for you. No, that's not his word. His word is yes. Oh, thank you so much. It should be Second Corinthians. There's a typo there. Thank you. Second Corinthians one twenty. Make that change on your paper. Thank you, Yvonne. So the, the the bottom line is don't buy the lie. His promises are yes. If it's in there, his answer is yes. But our part is to believe it. Our part is to lean on his faithfulness that's what that's what he wants us to do the word faithful means that he can be trusted that he can be leaned on relied on so we say amen let it be done according to me to me let it be done to me according to your word Psalm 119 verses 89 through 90 say forever O Lord Your word is settled in heaven. Standing firm and unchangeable. Your faithfulness continues from generation to generation. You have established the earth and it stands securely. Forever, God. Forever, your word is settled. It is unchangeable. It is firm and it is unchangeable. Numbers 23, 19. This is a big one. God is not a man... So he doesn't lie. He's not human. So he doesn't change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? No. He's not a man that he should lie. He is faithful. This is something that I know has been um, stirring in me for the last two or three weeks since God spoke to me about sharing this to you. I never really meditated on what that meant before. I've been a a believer for 15 years, and I've never really meditated on what it meant that he's faithful, that he is a God of his word, and he's unchangeable. It's who he is. Thank you, Jesus. So he is faithful to his word. That's why when Pastor Tim or, or me or Lisa or anybody else says, Have you asked God for a word? Have you asked God for a scripture? Have you gone to the word and searched for a promise? That's why that's so important. Because he's faithful to his promises. The second thing I want to share with you about God's faithfulness is that he's faithful to take care of us. And I'm going to show you that in his word. He is faithful. We are his kids. And he's a good, good father. He's faithful to take care of his kids, and he does it well. Your own earthly father may or may not have always met your needs. Your earthly father may or may not have taken really good care of you. But our heavenly father is faithful. And he always is faithful to take care of us. I'm going to show you that in scripture. The first scripture I want to read is Hebrews 13, verse 5. This is the second part of the verse. And it's from the Amplified Bible. And I'll tell you why I chose this scripture, or this translation in a minute. Listen to this. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Isn't that awesome? This is one of those that I have typed out and I declare it. I just love to hear the, the fervency of my God speaking to me about how much he's taking care of me. And there, I, no matter what I see around me, no matter what I hear, no matter what I feel, that's truth. <laughs> The reason that this translation repeats I will not three times is because it is, and I may be getting this grammar thing wrong, but I believe it's called a present participle form of the verb. That means that it, it, it means ongoing. Something that isn't just a one-time thing. It's ongoing. So it's repeated because it's an ongoing thing. God is constantly watching over us. He's constantly there to, to help us, to protect us. And he's, he will never, 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 never leave us or forsake us or leave us or relax His hold on us. So if you're in a place where you're feeling alone, if you're in a place where you're feeling um, uh, like let go of or, or your needs aren't being met or whatever, get that scripture out and start speaking it over yourself. That is how our God watches over us, stands over us, and yearns to take care of us. The next scripture, First Thessalonians 5.24, says, Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your salvation. And he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you and protecting you as his own. He's faithful and absolutely trustworthy. He's called each one of us to his heart. He's called each one of us into into relationship with him. And it uses the word in in the Amplified, it uses the word for salvation. He's called us to himself for our salvation. And the word salvation, guys, is such a huge word. It doesn't just mean heaven after death. It's so much bigger than that. It means reconciliation, heart to heart, heartbeat to heartbeat, face to face, smile to smile, eye to eye with God. It means fulfillment, like the woman I told you about in the UK. They had never been filled and had been seeking and searching everywhere for fullness. and She never found it until she said yes to God. He's faithful. That's what he desires above all, is to be in that position of relationship with us but we have a free will so our part is to draw to him and he's there our part is to seek him and we find him our part is to ask and he answers our part is to knock and he opens the door he's faithful he's trustworthy and then the last part of this talks about how he takes care of us he guards us he watches over us he protects us as his own. The next scripture, Second Thessalonians 3 3. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. We need that that guarding in another scripture, Jesus prays to his Father that we would be protected from the evil one. Here is another example of where it tells us the Lord is faithful. And he'll protect us from the evil one. So in these scriptures that I'm talking about, God taking care of us, the first two or three that I read talk about him um, uh, surrounding us and, and protecting us and guarding us. But in this one, it specifically says guarding us from the enemy or from the evil one. The enemy is still in the world. He's been defeated, but he's not been destroyed yet. He's still in the world. And this scripture says... Our God is faithful to protect us from the evil one. Yes. Okay, the next scripture, one of Lisa's favorites. Psalm 91, verse 4. Listen to this. He will cover you and completely protect you with his pinions. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. I want to break this down a little bit. It says in here that he will cover you and completely protect you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. Think about... I'm going I'm to tell you about um, an animal. It's not a very mm, elite animal, but this is a beautiful picture. I want to tell you about the hen. The brooding hen. The hen. When the hen has chicks... When the chicks are out and about, running around, pecking for food and everything, if there's a predator that comes, the mother hen doesn't go chase down her babies to protect them. The mother hen stands still, opens her wings, and calls to her babies. The babies come running to the mother. Then she wraps her wings around them and protects them. Those baby chicks are under the wings of their mother, they are right by their mother's heartbeat. And in order for that predator to get to those baby chicks, the predator has to get through the mother hen. That's what it's like with our father. But the key is, in order for us to be in that place of the shelter of his wings, we need to run to him. The whole Psalm 91 is based upon us being under the shelter of the Most High. Uh, It's about us seeking refuge through relationship with God. But when we do, and it's not hard, all you do is say, I'm running to you, God, I need you. And when we run to him and when we seek him, that's what he does. He surrounds us with his sheltering wings and just like a mother hen, we run to him, he covers us. And in order for the enemy to get to us, he has to get through God. And that's not going to happen. Not only that, but when we are in that place, we're heart to heart. Our heart is right, right with the heart of God. And we're surrounded with his warmth and his comfort and his safety and his protection. But then the last line of this scripture says, his faithfulness is a shield and a wall. We're talking about his faithfulness today. There's two pieces here that I want to talk about. The first one is the shield. A shield is a protection. A shield protects you from the darts of the enemy. Or in this case, the wings of our God protect us from the enemy penetrating. And it's a spiritual protection. His faithfulness and This is the key. Knowing his faithfulness is spiritual protection. But that's not all. It's also a wall. In the old times, in Jesus' times and before, cities were fortified by walls. And the walls had watchmen on the watchtowers and those watchmen on the watchtowers were watching for any enemy forces or anybody that wasn't friendly. And if there was somebody that wasn't friendly, the people on the watchtower called to the gatekeeper not to let that person through the gates to protect the city. And because of the wall and the protection that that wall gave, the city was fortified. The city was strong. The city was, was built up and strengthened because of the wall. We have that because of God's faithfulness. We not only have spiritual protection, we also have spiritual fortification. That's why Lisa could walk through that grave level of glioblastoma. Because she was fortified. She was strengthened. By the faithfulness of God. She knew the faithfulness of God. And she was strengthened by the fortification of the wall around her. The enemy couldn't get her from a blind side. Uh Uh-uh. The enemy likes to do that. He likes to find your blind side. Your blind side. But this scripture says that the faithfulness of God makes it so he can't get you from your blind side. It's spiritual protection. It's also spiritual fortification. The last scripture I want to read in this area is Revelations 21.5. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And then he said to me, Write for these words are true and faithful. Remember God's words are faithful, and He is faithful to His word. This is another beautiful scripture. And it is it is a promise. God says yes to his promises. This is a promise. Someday there will be no more pain, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. That's a beautiful promise, to see the love of God, the faithfulness of God in his heart for us. And he even said to John, I believe it was John who wrote Revelation, right? And he said, write this down. Write this down. For these words are true and faithful. Amen. Okay, the next thing I want to share about the faithfulness of God, and this is good news, that even when we miss it, He's still faithful. If we miss it, it doesn't change his faithfulness. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we are faithless, do not believe, and are untrue to him, he remains faithful to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. Isn't that good? So if we miss it, if we're like wavering, if we're feeling weak, if we're acting weak, whatever, it doesn't matter. He's still faithful, and all we need to do is run back to him. And believe me, we all we all are in that place at times where we just need somebody. Very often, we need somebody else to go with us and take us into the arms of God, or to stand with us in firm in a firm foundation. First John one nine says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just." To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Even when we miss it. He's faithful. And when I look at this scripture, I like to think, I like to just meditate on it. The word confess means agree. Agree with God. When we, we agree with God about our sins, you know, we've already been forgiven when we became born again children of God. Jesus paid for our forgiveness when he died on the cross. It's It's done. Our spirit is completely righteous. But when we miss it, how many of you agree that sometimes things happen in your soul? That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And it can, it can hinder your fellowship with God. And it's not God's part. It's, it's our part. It's because we're feeling not good enough or, or guilty or whatever the case may be. But God says, I'm faithful, guys. I'm faithful to my word. And I'm just going to just receive you run to you, receive you into my arms and, my, and my, my fellowship again if you have kind of backed away. You know, we all know the story of the prodigal son and the loving father. And that's how our father receives us always, always. So even when we miss it, his faithfulness never changes. Now, before I go to the, the next piece on your, on your paper, what I want to do is I want to share, I want to do my best to share this, and I just, I just, Father, I just ask you to help me to paint this picture, because it's so big in my heart. But to put it into words, it's, it's. I just pray that God helps me to do this. What I want to do is, I want to share with you, um, growing in knowing the faithfulness of God, and I want to do this by, by sharing from my own life, and I know you all have situations like this, where you have, have developed a trust in somebody, knowing that they're faithful because of relationship. So before I share my story, I want you to think of somebody in your life that you trust. Somebody in your life that you consider very faithful. Somebody who you can rely on. Somebody who you feel very secure with. Somebody who you know loves you. And I'm talking somebody in your natural life. It might be your husband. It might be your your mother. It might be your father. It might be a good friend or a sister or somebody. So put somebody in your own mind. And I'm going to share the the person that I want to share about is my husband. So, okay, this is a long story. I'm, God, that's why I'm asking God for help. So, many years ago, we met when we were in college, and we um I lived in a co-ed dorm, and Kent lived in the same dorm with me. We were It was an honors dorm, if you can believe that. <laughs> we were both in an honors dorm. And it coincidentally or got incidentally, there, the room of guys that Kent lived in was right across the hall from my room of girls. And we became really good friends, and we lived across the hall from each other for two or three years. And we were good friends. We hung out all the time. We talked. We had fun. We did college things. And then my husband, wasn't my husband then, then Kent, got it into his mind that he wanted something more than just a friendship with me. But I didn't know that. So he did what guys do. He started to want to be with me more and to do things with me without the rest of the people around. And I soon began to realize that he had he had different intentions than just being a friend and then the same thing happens that happens with most of us when we start a relationship we started spending a lot of quality time together we started talking a lot and our conversation changed it changed from that friendship kind of just small talk whatever kind of conversation to much deeper conversation and we started to share things that were much more important about what was important to us, about our faith, about our families, about our dreams, about our, 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 you know, our ambitions and our, our plans for the future and all that kind of stuff. So we started to talk about all that kind of thing. Another thing that happened with Kant is that he just... Not, it wasn't the first time this happened, but I started to recognize it. That he treated me really, really special. It was like I was a treasure. I was just precious to him. And he started to demonstrate his love for me in just so many ways. Just so many ways. He was crazy in love with me. And, okay, this is the funny part. I really wasn't that crazy in love with him at the beginning. But because of his love for me, and because how well he treated me and how special I was to him, I fell deeply in love with him. And to this day, we've got an amazing, amazing marriage. But, but then it, it continued to, to grow. And now we've been together for 37 years. Yes, praise you, Jesus. And over that time, Kent has proved his character to me through his behaviors. He has proved that he loves me so much through, his, through the way he treats me. He's always there to help me. He's always there to support me. You guys know he does everything for me. He's just an amazing man. He has proven himself so faithful to me. There is nothing that could convince me anything else ever except he is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his word. He says it. He means it. He's going to do it. He's going to live up to it. He's going to do his best. He's faithful. Okay, so that's the picture that I want you to hold when I start to talk about God the Father. Fifteen years ago, when I was saved, I had never had a relationship with God. I didn't know what relationship was. But I just started showing up. I started reading the word, started having a prayer time. I started going to a church that really, truly worshipped and praised God. And I started to develop this relationship with God that I'd never had before. As soon as I started seeking God, he started to demonstrate his love to me in ways that I had never known before. I could sense his love for me. I could I could see the effect of of his love for me. Um, and and at the very beginning, when I was diagnosed with cancer, things started to happen in my life. Like, I had a peace that passed all understanding. And I attributed it to God. I had um, strength that didn't make sense. I Not physical strength. I did have that as well, but I had like this this internal strength that really wasn't like me normally. I had a strength. I had... Eventually, throughout that journey, I even had joy. In the middle of stage 4 cancer, it didn't make sense, but I had joy. And then to make a fast forward version, I got healed of stage 4 cancer without any medical treatment. And I knew it was God. He was demonstrating his love for me. He loved, he doesn't, it's not past tense, he loves me so much. And then, just like Ken, i felt I was captivated by God. I felt so deeply in love with God because of his love for me that he was demonstrating to me. And he was proving that he's a God of his word to me. He was proving his faithfulness to me. And then he completely blew me away. The healing was uh, huge. But then the first three people that I shared my healing with, he also healed one was terminal brain cancer. These are the first three people. The first one was terminal brain cancer. The second one was high-grade sarcoma. And the third one was leukemia. And I didn't—I wasn't out sh- trying to t- pass the word. They came to me and they said, different people told them about my healing and they called me or came to me and I just told them my story. I told them about the word, the promises, and how I had stood on God's promises, and how I had received healing. I was just... A baby Christian. All three of them got healed. He was showing me his faithfulness to his word. And it just completely took my breath away with awe of our amazing God and his amazing faithfulness. That's how we grow to know his faithfulness. It's through relationship. It's through standing on his word like Lisa did and seeing that he's a God of his word, that he says yes to those promises. And if we just say amen, if we just say, yeah, God, I agree with you, then that faithfulness is manifest in our lives. The promises come to pass within us and within our lives. So, the believing part, the receiving part, The rock of our faith is his faithfulness. In order to believe, in order to do our part, which is just to believe, we have to know his faithfulness. I'm going to read a scripture from um, Abraham. Well, Abraham didn't write it, but it's about Abraham. It's from the book of Romans. And this is about Abraham. Listen to this. This is chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Abraham knew the faithfulness of God. He was fully assured. He knew that God was a God of his word. He was fully satisfied. He was fully assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he has promised. That's the He knew the faithfulness of God. And in the scripture above it, it says he was empowered by faith. He praised and glorified God in the midst of his life. He hadn't seen the results He was a man who was impotent. His wife was barren. He was 199 years old. And yet, he knew God was faithful to his word. And that's where his faith came from. That's where his faith was birthed from, was knowing the faithfulness of God. So I'm going to close with these four suggestions, guidelines, into this place of growing, to knowing God's faithfulness. This is a this is a, a, another insight into healing. Number one, He's faithful to his word, so it's really important that we get into his word, that we read His word, and that we ask God to give us a word to show us his promise for that situation that we're in. And while we're reading his word, Remember that Jesus is the visible picture, the visible representation of the invisible God. So look at Jesus in the word. Look at how Jesus worked and preached and taught and had compassion and healed everywhere he went. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Number two, remember his works. Read his word and remember his works. Look at what Jesus did while he walked on this earth. And look at what he's doing today. Look at testimonies. Keep your eyes on the testimonies of Jesus. Keep your eyes on what he's doing in you. What he's done for you, in you, through you. Focus on that, especially if you're in the middle of a really difficult time. Say, I'm not going to put my focus there. I'm going to put my focus here. I'm going to put my focus on you, Jesus. On your faithfulness. I'm going to put my focus on what I have seen you do. What I have seen you do through me and in me. Or what I've seen you do in other people. I'm going to keep my focus there. So remember his works. Number three. Listen to the loving voice of your father. Let him love you. Let him love you. He is good. He is love. He is faithful. Get in that place of receiving his love. Just like I, I tried to paint a picture of what it's like to fall in love with God and let him love you. We need to just let him love us. And number four, demonstrate your faith to his faithfulness. Take action. Even if you don't feel it in your body. Even if you don't see it in your body. Take that action to say, God, you're faithful. It doesn't matter what the doctor's report says. It doesn't matter if the doctor says, go home and get your affairs in order. And there's no option for life. It doesn't matter. What matters is that your word is true. And I'm going to stand fast on your word. And this scripture is just a beautiful picture of demonstrating your faith in his faithfulness. It's Hebrews chapter 10, and there's three verses I referred to. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. So God says stay steadfast, endure, be patient. Believe in his faithfulness. Express your faith in his faithfulness. And thus receive receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised that's what lisa is living she is living the promise i'm living the promise so many of you are living the promise but if you haven't seen the result yet it's okay stay steadfast don't fling away your fearless confidence it's not in you it's not this super duper confidence in you it's him it's his faithfulness It's his goodness. You don't have to be perfect, because he is. (laughs) You don't have to get healed on your own, because he did it for you. He loves us. He's good, and he's faithful. Amen.